Cleveland and Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right? That's what happened. So his church, if you guys haven't heard, his church is right next to that hotel. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the hotel where prostitution happens, and that's just that's right next door, and this is their their field. And the reason I tell that story is because John is so much more about the call of God and going where God wants him to go than he is about fame and anything else. Yeah. He's about Jesus. Yes, um, sir. So I encourage you to listen to this guy because he lives what he preaches. So good to Praise have you God. here, bro. Thanks, Scott. Right. Thanks for having me, man. Well, good morning, everyone. Freshwater, I would like to uh, greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings from East Cleveland, Ohio, where Faith Alliance Bible Church, where we have the privilege of serving as the uh, lead pastor there. I, I want my wife to introduce you to my wife, Annette. Just wave your hand, Annette. My wife of um, 34 years. So I'm, I'm a blessed man. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And that's my good thing. In favor with God. So I am blessed to be here. I thank you for the invite. I would like to acknowledge and give thanks to uh, Pastor Scott and your leadership team and, and Kevin and, and those who are involved in the missions team that came down to or came up to Cleveland and, and worshiped with us and had a time of fellowship with us. And um, so we're so thankful to be here this morning. If you would, could, you, could we bow for a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we come now before you because you hold the words to eternal life. It's in you, Lord, that we move, we breathe, and we have our being. So we bow before you now, Lord. We, we um, receive your spirit in this place. We're experiencing and encountering you today, and we would just ask right now that you would open our eyes to see, our, our minds to understand, and our hearts to receive your word. I pray, Lord, that you stand up in me, that you stand up around me, and that you stand up for me. Speak with my lips, think with my mind, stand in my body, Lord. Have your way, be glorified, be exalted, be honored and pleased in all that is said and done in this time. And we'll be careful, Father, to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise that it's so rightfully due. We ask this now in the blessed name of our Lord, our Savior, and our soon coming King Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. If you would open up your Bibles to um, Paul's letter, his second letter to the Corinthian church. Um, I want to deal with a subject uh, this morning um, briefly uh, that just makes a statement, let the church be the church. Amen. Let the church be the church, not let the church do church. But let the church be the church. Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthian church, there in chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. Let's go there. Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We therefore, uh, as Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I help you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I am a big fan, as I said earlier in the first service, of CSI shows and Law and Order. I have any of those, anybody else who likes CSI and Law and Order? Well, with those shows, it's, they uh, have the ability uh, to solve the unsolved mysteries. The who, the what, and the when. And, and there is a current, currently an issue in our nation. It's a racial divide in our country. And it's, it's in our country, it's in our states, it's in our cities, it's, it's in our county, it's in our community, and unfortunately, it's even in our church. And what we want to talk about today to help us looking through this text here in Paul's letter to this Corinthian church and to us that we can glean some biblical principles on our primary work as the church of Jesus Christ. That because as the church of Jesus Christ, our purpose primarily is to reveal who Christ is to a wicked, wondering, watching world a world who don't know who Jesus is. It is the purpose of the church to help the world solve the mystery of who Christ is and his church. Are y'all with me, Freshwater? So listen, today I want us to um, pull out some of these um, practical steps, uh, practical application from this portion of scripture here that the Apostle Paul is writing to instruct this church at Corinth and us this morning. As the church, I want to first notify us or help us understand that we are called to be on Team Christ. <laughs> Amen? One team for Christ. We are called to be Team Christ. I believe it was Rick Warren who coined uh, the phrase from the acronym Team Together, experiencing a ministry. The church is called to walk as a team. In your notes, in letter A, it says the church is made up of many members in Christ. The Apostle Paul tells us here in the scripture, it says in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If I have any Bible students here, any people that study the Bible, I'm sure Freshwater does, we understand that when we come to the word therefore in the scriptures, it is connected with a phrase or a previous verse before it. So whenever you see therefore, you want to know what it's there for. 
So to do that, let's back up to verse 14 in chapter 5 and connect the dots. It says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, <laughs> if anyone be in Christ, we are new creatures new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. This means that we were dead to God, but as new creatures in Christ, we now are alive in God. This means that we, we had no relationship with God, each one of us. But, but through Christ, we have been brought into a relationship with God. This means that we had no fellowship in communion with God. But in Christ, we have constant communion and fellowship with God. Can I get an amen? amen. We, are, we, 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 were living, uh, uh, we were living in sin and immorality. But in Christ, we're new creatures and we live in righteousness and holiness in God. We were doomed to judgment and eternal separation from God. But in Christ, we are new creatures destined to live eternally in the presence of God. And in Christ, as team Christ, we have everything that we need to live out our primary work, our primary uh, work of being the church. All that we need is in Christ. In Christ, we are children of God, it says in John 1.12. In Christ, we, we are friends with God, John 15.5. We have been justified in Romans 5.1 in Christ. I am united with the Lord. You are reunited, united with the Lord. We are one in spirit with him, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. We have been bought with a price. We belong to God. We are members in Christ's body. We are saints of the Holy One. We are adopted as children of God. We have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. We have been redeemed and forgiven of all of our sins. We are complete in Christ. And we are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And therefore, we must be the church. In Christ, we as the church, we are called to live as one. That 15th verse backing up there that's connected to this, therefore, it says, and being in Christ, we no longer live for ourselves, but for Jesus Christ who died and was raised for us. And as the church, we have the power of God. We have the person of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the authority of the word. God's word instructs the church. And this is true in 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. The apostle Paul tells the church that we are one body, many members. There in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12 and 14, it says the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized in one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. And we are all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. 
The Apostle Paul continues this premise in his letter to the church of Ephesus in chapter 4. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. What's the point, John? Here's the point. As the church of Jesus Christ, we're regenerated. Our old value systems, our old way of thinking, our old priorities, our old belief, our old loves, our old prejudice and plans are gone. I shared earlier in, in, in the first service that my life verse is Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in this body, I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let the church be the church. Amen? Although evil and sin are still present, racism is still present, but we, the church, see these issues in a new perspective. We see them through the lens of God. Are you with me, Freshwater? These things should no longer control us. We no longer have to live by them. All things are new. As believers, our spiritual perception of everything is a constant reality for us. You know what would please heaven? So white and black churches to come together and partner across all of the racial barriers all of the barriers that separate us, all of the contextual or, or, or cultural or barriers that separate us because we're one in Christ. Amen? We are on team Christ. So if faith and fresh water, advancing the kingdom of God together, we, we must hold to these biblical principles that we are one, many members, one body, the body of Christ. Somebody say, let the church be the church. Secondly, we can, we can, we can uh, be the team by living out this vision as one people of God by understanding not only are we a team, new in Christ, but Paul explains this, that we have a task, Roman number two in your notes. We have a task. Not only are we a team, but we are called to a task. What is our task? The church is chosen to live out a ministry of reconciliation. There in verse 18, it says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us all a ministry of reconciliation. The Apostle Paul states here that reconciliation began with God. He demonstrated it through his love. God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Why? Because we needed reconciliation to God. God did not need to be reconciled to us. As humans, we moved away from God. Humans, we became enemies with God. Saints, we didn't deserve it. We haven't earned it, nor have we been worthy of being reconciled to God. But the God who we were enemies with reconciled us to himself and gave us all a ministry of reconciliation and partnership with Jesus Christ. Can the church say amen to that? Romans 5.10 says this. For if while we were God's enemy, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, 
how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his, through his life? We are no longer God's enemies. Hallelujah. The church has now been handed, here's the application, the baton to continue the ministry of Christ in teaching and living out this ministry of reconciliation with one another, with every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. The church should be a community where people experience the ministry of reconciliation. How? Through our preaching, through our teaching, through authentic fellowship, our worship, through doing life together. The church, the body of Christ, brothers and sisters coming together, we have a privilege of encouraging others to do the same as we live out this ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we can no longer be segregated as a church. Black church, white church, Asian church, Hispanic church. Saints, there's only one church, the church of Jesus Christ. I know this is, <laughs> this is a hard teaching. <laughs> uh, no, believe me, before I, 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 I can bring this message to any of us at Faith and Freshwater and other churches, I came out bloody. Amen. I had to deal with issues in my own life. Um, I had to deal with this ministry of reconciliation. But this is what God has called us to. We're the church. And the church must come together and demonstrate the oneness of God, reconciled to God and to one another as those who have been reconciled in Christ. Listen, this does not mean that all the congregations have to be integrated. But we, we have to be cooperative in our partnership, working together as the church of God, not asking people to give up their own culture. Amen? Blacks to become whites, whites to become blacks. No, no, no. Listen, my brothers and sisters, God likes variety. <laughs> Amen? How do you know? <laughs> because he made us this way. The scriptures even give support to this because John says, even in heaven, we will be who we are on earth. In Revelation 7, you can write it down, verses 9 through 10. It says, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hand. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hallelujah. How do we do this? How do we do this? Well, it's done through Jesus Christ. He is the one that brings us together. He is the one that unites us. He is the one that is the head of his body, the church. Amen. I mean, look, look at this. You can have different, uh, different cultures, different communities, different people coming together in the body of Christ. It's only through him that we're one. Only through him. And he has given us this ministry, this task of being reconciled together so that the world, the w wicked, wondering, watching world can see Christ through his church, that we can solve the mystery of who Jesus Christ is. In his church, by partnering and working together, serving together, crossing the barriers. And it's only through Jesus Christ, because listen, oil and water don't mix. Uh, the concept uh, exemplified in, in, in any bottle of salad, salad dressing, if you get one, where things have settled and the oil and the water has separated. 
In order to bring the oil and the water back together, the bottle must be shaken. However, the togetherness won't last. As soon as the bottle sits for a while, the ingredients will segregate again. They go back in their own departments. They go back in their own separate bedrooms. They go back in their own seating places. They go back in their own separate communities. They go back in their own church. They go back in their own comfort. They go back because it's intrinsic to their nature that they will not mix. Well, mayonnaise does not have to be shaken, even though it is comprised mostly of oil and water. This is because mayonnaise also contains an emulsifier, an egg. An emulsifier is that which brings things together that otherwise could never come together. In mayonnaise, the egg brings together two entities that would normally, uh, wouldn't normally mix with one another. The egg infiltrates both, amen, so that they're able to come together and become a solid substance. The cross of Jesus Christ unites us. It acts as an emulsifier that brings people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue together as one body in Christ where we can be together in one in Jesus Christ. Let the church be the church. This is the time. This is the season. We have a platform here where there's a racial divide across our nation, across our states, across our communities, across our cities. It's time for the church. Listen, the world needs the church. The church is not here for itself. The church is here for the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We are Jesus. Listen, we're the vehicle that Jesus is going to use to reconcile people to himself. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that worketh through us. The power of the cross. Jesus Christ is what unites us, what unifies us, what makes us one. Our task, secondly, in the notes, in letter B, the church is called to live out Christ's message of reconciliation. There in verse 19, the Apostle Paul says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sin against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. My brothers and sisters, we have this great opportunity to partner with Jesus Christ. To partner with him in his message of the good news. That we no longer have to be enemies with Christ. Enemies with one another. But we can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and reconciled with one another. We must preach this message of reconciliation in our pulpits on Sunday. We have, listen, we have to teach it in our Sunday schools, our discipleship classes, to our children in our homes and our communities. We must live it out. In the church doesn't preach this message, who will? Where will the world hear it if they don't hear it from the church? There's no plan B. Jesus has given us, the church, the message of reconciliation. The apostle Paul explains this. 
He says this message of reconciliation is the message of the gospel that God loves us so much that he gave his son Jesus the only perfect sacrifice as the means of reconciling sinners to himself. And God initiated the change in each of our lives that brought us from a position of alienation and being enemies with God to a state of forgiveness and and righteousness and right relationship with him. Let the church be the church. Not only do we have our, our title, number three in your notes. We not only have our team, we not only have our task, but number three, we have our title. A, the church is commissioned to live out a mission of reconciliation. Not only in the ministry, not only carrying the message, but live on purpose living out this ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors in Jesus Christ. That's our title. We are ambassadors in Jesus Christ. We find this in the text here in verse 20. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. There's an, there's a, an American embassy that's located in England and it's, it's located in that building is all the power of the US government. And it's only in one square block. Everything needed from an American standpoint is inside that building because when it speaks, it speaks on behalf of our government. Suppose uh, another a world leader said uh, to our president Let's have negotiation. The president can say, I have already, uh, I already have an ambassador in that country. What he would uh, be implying is to talk to that ambassador is the same as talking to him. Well, the Bible says that you and I are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. When people hear from us, they have heard from God. He has given us delegated authority to speak on his behalf. So how can we be ambassadors with our mouths closed? He has given us the privilege of being his spokesman. So we must speak up. How do we do it? How do we do it? Well, two ways, if you're taking notes, by show and tell. Amen. Show and tell, that was something that I I used to love as a child. I may be dating myself, but... As a child, I loved going to school and having show and tell. I wanted to have the best show and tell. I would ask my mom, give me the, yeah, I want the biggest. I want the greatest show and tell. I want, I want mine to be better than anybody's. Then when I get up there and show mine, everybody's going to want my show and tell. Everybody's going to want to hear about my show and tell. As a church of Jesus Christ, we have the greatest gift in Jesus Christ to show off. Amen. Somebody said, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Amen? We show off Jesus through our love. Amen? We show off Jesus by being the church, by coming together. What the world says shouldn't come together. What the world says that should be divided. What the world, where the world holds discrimination and racism, the church should be the answer to the world's woes. We show it. And then give an opportunity, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we tell, we share the gospel. That when God opens the door and he opens someone's heart, he opens our mouths. Amen. 
We share this good news of this message of reconciliation, how God has reconciled sinners to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ because he loves us so much. Paul here describes his role and our role as believers, as messengers and representatives of the king of heaven with the gospel, who pleads with the people of the world to be reconciled with God. And he's using us as though he's pleading through us, the believers, to present this gospel to the world, to the unbelievers, to the sinners. That Christ, we are Christ's ambassadors, Christ's diplomatic agents, the highest ranking accredited foreign government. We represent the kingdom of God, sovereignly appointed for special divine work as ambassadors. We are on special assignment in this world. And we must represent our Lord. We must live out the ministry of reconciliation. We must proclaim the message of Christ reconciling. And we must live on mission. Because Christ has called the church to be the church. Last but not least, the heartbeat of this message. Letter B in your notes, the church must be the church. We have to be an Acts 1-8 church. That you shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit have come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses are who we are good or bad. We are Christ's witnesses. It says here in in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, as God's co-workers, we urge you now to receive God's, not to receive God's grace in vain. That's key, not to receive it in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the days of salvation, I help you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. The Apostle Paul goes on in in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. He says, his intent, God's intent, contextually, God's intent was now, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 9, he says, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Ephesians 3, 6 says this, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, members together as one body and sharing together in the promise of Christ. So what is our response to the church as the church? To live out the purpose of the church, to be the church, that that in Christ we are the church uh, that is living out God's eternal purposes. We must continue that mission. We must continue to live that out. We must continue to live out a ministry of reconciliation, carrying that message of reconciliation and being on mission for Christ. This can only happen as we let the church be the church. Will you pray with me?
Lord Jesus, um, how unworthy we are to be called your body. You've passed the baton on to us, and many times we've dropped it. Many times we didn't even want to receive it. We didn't want to run with it for whatever reason. But we are your church. You have chosen us before the foundations of the earth, and you have predestined us and purposed us to continue your great work in the ministry, message, and mission of reconciliation that you started over 2,000 years ago. Lord, if your church, if we don't do it, Lord, Team Christ don't do it, Lord, it won't get done. Lord, please forgive us if we got off course somewhere and started living for the earthlies rather than the heavenlies. Redirect us and lead us in the path of righteousness for your namesake. Help each one of us today and for the rest of our lives to live on purpose and to be the church of Jesus Christ. In your name, Jesus, your mighty name, your strong name, we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Bless you, man. So uh, we've been uh, faith and uh, fresh water. And um, years ago, we had a partnership with the church down in Rose. church since then and we just have been praying lord when is that going to come and so god's been kind of putting something together and it, uh, we're meeting today to, and we're in the final stages here of just talking through a partnership with faith alliance and freshwater yeah so um so we got a sister church now up in east cleveland uh, amen right amen praise god so when you go up there i don't know if you guys remember this but uh, back about, you know, there's one church that we went to, our whole family left. Out of four churches, we said, which one was the best one? And it was John's church, Faith, Faith uh, Alliance. And uh, it was just uh, the spirits there. So, and, and they say, amen. Like, Praise you God. Believe, right? <laughs> so they talk up there. Yeah, they Good. do. <laughs> um, so we're going to start this partnership here uh, with our churches. And, and just what does that look like? I'll be going up there. He'll be coming down here. But it's not just that. Faith Alliance has something to give fresh water. As a Amen. Amen. And, and we have a, something to give them. And Amen. over the years, we're just looking forward to, to that partnership. Yes. Doing this. So I've asked John would, if he would bless fresh water. And I'm going to pray for Faith Alliance right now. And uh, just ask God to, just to be in this partnership here. Well, let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for the ministry of Freshwater Community Church. Thank you for those who gather together to, to continue your, your mission and to show this community your love, to share your glorious gospel. 
I would pray now, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen this body, that you would continue to help them to keep their eyes upon you and the author and finisher of their faith. I pray a, a fresh outpouring of your spirit and stirring and moving of your spirit in your people here at Freshwater Community Church. I pray, Lord, that you'll bring unity in this body. I pray, Lord God, that you would help all gifts to operate to the glory of God. I pray, God, that you would do something great and mighty in this community through Freshwater Community Church. I pray, Lord God, that you would help them to walk boldly in what you have called, chosen for them to do here in this community. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. We pray for the leadership team and Pastor Scott and his wife, Jolene, and pray for their marriage and pray for their ministry. And we, we pray, Lord God, that you'll continue to, to pour out your wisdom upon him. Continue to use him greatly for the kingdom as he leads your people. Lord, I pray right now, even now where he's weak, that your strength will be made perfect in him. I pray, Lord God, where he, he's, he's weary and where he's feel broke down, that you would build him up. That you'll edify him, oh God, and that you will continue, Lord God, to encourage my brother. Hold him up, Lord God, in times of discouragement. Remind him, Lord, that you promised you would never leave him, nor would you ever forsake him. I now commend, commit your church, my brothers and sisters here at Freshwater Community Church, to you and the ministry and mission that you have for them as they go forth. Use them greatly, for the kingdom is my prayer in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for faith alive. And, uh, Lord, you planted them. We gotta, we're going to close with doxology, and um, can you read this Revelation thing again? Uh, Revelation, that's a bad way to talk about Scripture. <laughs> Revelation 7, seven through 9, nine. <laughs> and then why you stand as we, uh, we close with this Scripture and sing the doxology together. Right there, just nine, right? What you just read in your message? Okay, no problem. 
After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every tribe, every nation, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.